Welcome to My Messy Lessons, the podcast. I hope this show will encourage you to know and love yourself more, inspire you to look at things differently, or maybe just say, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one. As you join me in my journey through life, please don't take it as the truth. I might disagree with myself 10 episodes from now, so use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. Today, I'm going to start right off with a question. Do you think that being hard on yourself pushes you to do what you want yourself to do? If you stopped being hard on yourself and criticizing yourself, do you think you would just stop accomplishing anything and sit around in your PJs all day? Every year, I choose a word or concept to think about, study, and try to live out. Last year, it was self-compassion. My biggest reason why I wasn't more compassionate towards myself was that I thought if I'm kind to myself and love myself no matter what I do, I'm going to lose all my drive to do anything. But over the course of the year, I learned that the opposite is actually true. I read a lot of books on it, but the most comprehensive and life-changing was a book simply titled Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. I also learned a lot from Brene Brown on the subject. Here are 10 things I learned, and I will probably talk about five of them in this episode and five in the next episode. So 10 things about self-compassion. One, being critical and hard on myself makes me feel ashamed guilty, angry, and causes me to have low self-esteem. When you feel ashamed or guilty, does it make you want to go do something? No, it makes you want to hide, crawl under a rock, distract yourself by watching Netflix, eating cheesecake, or whatever your distractions are, right? Right. If you do act from a place of shame, guilt, or fear, you feel obligated grumpy and probably resentful doing it, right? Right. (laughs) So that right there debunks this idea. I think a lot of us have that self-criticism motivates us and actually has the opposite effect. Number two, I think clearer when I'm compassionate with myself. When I'm compassionate and treat myself like a friend, I say things like, I was a bit mean to Neil when I said that. I was reacting from a place of feeling hurt and felt attacked, and so I was defending myself, but that wasn't ideal. I know it's hard to think clearly when I feel hurt or unsafe, so what I need right now is a little bit of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, to just love myself, ground myself, and be safe within myself. Then I want to go and talk to Neil again from a better place, apologize, and see if we can figure this out. I know we have the tools to do it. You know, as opposed to, 
oh my goodness, what the heck were you thinking? Why did you say it that way? Oh, things always come out wrong. I never do it right. I've blown it now. There's no point trying again. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or instead of saying, I can't believe I only worked out once this week. What made me think that I could change my habits and be healthier? Oh, I'm such a loser. I might as well not even try. Instead of saying something like that, I could say, if I'm compassionate with myself, I could say, well, I only worked out once this week. That's okay. That's once. That's a win. Um, and you know, I was tired and my parents were here all week, but like, what's really important to me? I know that exercise helps me deal with things. I know it puts me in a good place. And if I work out, I'll have better quality time with mom and dad anyways, because I will be grounded and connected to myself. So I'm going to tell mom and dad tonight that I need to take that time to go to the gym. You know, that's just a way clearer thought process. Basically, I'm more able to think things through from a stable and connected place because being compassionate connects me to myself and my needs and stops me from going into a shame spiral. How clearly do you think when you're in a shame spiral? <laughs> Not at all. Do you know what I mean by that? It's when a shame spiral is when you start feeling ashamed, fearful, angry, or guilty, and it makes you more and more ashamed and fearful and guilty and angry. And then all your issues come into it. Like, I'm not enough, or I'm too much, or they must be annoyed by me. And then you beat yourself up for being critical or fearful or ashamed. And then you feel more ashamed because of that. And then all the things you're afraid of or ashamed of or angry about come into your mind. And then it's not just about that one thing. It's about all the things that you're afraid of or ashamed of or guilty about. And that's all you can feel. And you see everything and everyone around you as a threat. And you get super defensive and you just think that they think you're a doorknob and no good. And they're just putting up with you and no one really loves you. <laughs> that's a shame spiral, a bit of an extreme one, but I'm sure most of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's a lot of energy and thought process wasted. What stops you from going there and gives you a solid connection, a solid connected direction to go in is self-compassion. To treat yourself with self-compassion, simply treat yourself with the same kindness, grace, patience, and understanding as you would treat the people that you love the most. Three, self-compassion is more concerned with learning than performance. It's hard to explain this one, but if you're so goal-orientated or performance-based that you can't value learning lessons along the way, you're going to be incredibly hard on yourself. And I'm certainly not saying that you shouldn't set goals or there's no merit to valuing performing well. But if you value those things more than what you learn along the way, you're going to miss a lot of great lessons that would actually help you reach your goal. If you can be more gentle with yourself and notice the huge value of the things you learn, 
along the way to your goal, you will arrive at your goal a happier, more fulfilled person. And I believe you'll actually end up performing much better than someone who just had performance as their objective. Four, self-compassion helps us see ourselves as more than our feelings. When you're self-critical or ashamed or afraid, it's typically all-absorbing, isn't it? That's all we can really think about or feel in the moment. When we're compassionate towards ourselves, though, we define ourselves as more than that feeling. If we say to ourselves, hmm, I'm, I'm feeling really afraid right now. It's okay to feel this way, and I understand why I feel this way. It makes sense. It's really scary to go through this on my own. I need to reach out to a friend to help me feel more connected right now. By doing that, we define ourselves as not only the pain, but the comforter. We aren't minimizing what we're going through. We're just making ourselves greater than what we're going through. An easy way to do this is to change the thought I'm with something in me or a part of me. So for example, instead of thinking, I'm so lonely, we think something in me is so feels so lonely or a part of me feels so lonely. This helps us, yeah, to see that we're more than that one feeling. This happened to me a couple nights ago, actually. I was up at two in the morning because I was anxious I was anxious because I felt unsafe being myself in a particular relationship in my life. Anyway, I was journaling about it. And if you've experienced anxiety, you know that it feeds off itself. And it's really hard to think about anything else when you're feeling anxious. But I remembered this lesson and thought to myself, a part of me is really anxious about this and feels unsafe. And then I realized a part of me was also so grateful for the safe place I was in, in that moment. First and foremost, I am a safe place for me. And in that moment, I was doing something that proved that to me. I was journaling. Um, And journaling connects me with those places that feel afraid. Um, Our home is a safe place for me. Neil is a safe place for me and Declan is a safe place for me. This all helped me realize that although I felt really unsafe about this one aspect of my life and that hadn't changed, I was completely safe in that moment and more than that, I was also grateful for that safety. It was the first time all night that I could feel something other than anxiety and I felt myself really relax and shortly after that I fell asleep. Number five, self-compassion makes you a better friend. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm hearing a friend talk about a hard experience they're going through... I feel bad because I don't have answers for them. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in my own inadequacies and just try to fix and offer unsolicited solutions. This 
unfortunately still happens pretty often despite efforts to integrate the following into my life. (laughs) And that is when we can compassionately accept imperfection, pain, and mistakes in our own lives and accept that it's a common human experience and that given the complexities of life, we are bound to be struggling with something most of the time. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. It helps us to accept that others might experience the same things and that that's okay. This allows us to be with someone else in their pain, mistakes, or imperfections without trying to solve it or take responsibility for their problems. We're able to allow them the space to just work through their own problems, which is more empowering to them in the long run anyway. So that's my first five lessons on self-compassion and the next five will be coming out next week. I just really encourage you to notice how you talk to yourself this week. Are you, are you a friend to yourself or are you a harsh critic? Are you judgmental of yourself? And what effect is that really having on you? Is it like, is it really giving you any benefit or is it actually really detrimental and stops you from becoming who you want to be and doing what you want to do anyway. So then what's the point? So just notice it this week. Notice that little voice in your head. Notice how you talk to yourself and I will talk to you next week. This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons, The Community, and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week. And remember, we're all messy. That's what makes us beautiful. <laughs>